President Ronald Reagan said, There are no great limits to growth because there are no limits of human intelligence, imagination, and wonder. Welcome to our Thursday edition of the Tweets and Tonic podcast. I'm your host, Mandy. And I'm your other host, Laura Beth. Our hope with these episodes airing every Thursday is to bring a diverse look to conversations we are all having and to make you laugh a little along the way. We are full of lots of thoughts and opinions on all matter of things and experts in none of it. If you're curious about life and you like to laugh a little, pour yourself a drink because this is the podcast for you. All right, welcome to the new year, everybody. LB, happy 2020. Happy new year. We have an exciting year planned. Um, Okay, truth be told, we're only planned through like March, but we plan to be here all year. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So kicking off in January, though, we are launching a series on Thursdays called You Don't Know What You Don't Know. And today's episode is how to know what you don't know. And this whole thing kind of stemmed from us talking about everybody in our age group really feeling displaced in some capacity, whether that's politically or spiritually or in their church homes or just in their communities. And um, this topic kind of fell in our laps with a conversation you were having. Yeah. Um <clears throat> My brother and I were texting, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, and you and I had already talked about just this conversation of, I think it's easy to, it's easy to start playing the blame game of, you know, well, my parents did this, and their parents did that, and, you know, nobody told me whatever, and just really looking at our generation and what we're what we're walking through we're walking through stuff and information that generations ahead of us could have never prepared us for yeah and um so in a that was kind of the jumping off board for us and then a conversation that I was having with my brother led to uh just he just texted me and he's like here's the thought he's like how do you uncover what you don't know and when you identify a gap in your knowledge and ability or in somebody else's what do you do from there so that was kind of the our starting point so I sent that to you and you're like that goes right along with what we want to talk about so that's kind of the jumping off point of this episode yeah and I think that that's what I mean, at least I can speak for myself. I personally struggle with, and I think a lot of people in our age group struggle with is, you know, we grew up with parents who taught us and did the best they could and taught us far more than we'll probably ever even remember. Uh But they also taught us in their, you know, in their current scope. And we just have so much more that hits us today, whether it's technology or social media or just the pressures of jobs and the way the current environment is and political landscape, just all of those things are really different than what our parents grew up with and what they were dealing with when we were kids. Yes. And so I think we, we find ourselves completely lost sometimes, like, well, where do I go? I mean, 
I say this all the time, but I mean, I guess we Google things, you know, (laughs) and I know that sounds crazy, but seriously, when I'm like, well, how do I do this? Or how do I do that? Or what does this mean? I go to Google. Yeah. And so we're literally going to the internet to find out like our roadmap and that can definitely be dangerous. Right. But I think it's kind of this reflex that we have of like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to get on the internet and see what 300 people say. And it's kind of like, I can be accused of this. I'll have some like weird pain or I'll feel like sick in a weird way or something. And I'm like, well, WebMD says I'm dying. So that's it. And that's, I mean, like just that right there, our parents, I mean, can you imagine our parents (laughs) thinking, oh, I'm just going to put my symptoms onto the computer and yeah. the internet are going to tell me what is Well, wrong. they were they were too busy waiting on the dial-up to connect well. before we would have died, probably, <laughs> from dysentery or something. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, it just is, it's just a totally different, but I do this to my mom all the time. She'll ask me something, and I'm like, seriously, is your Google broke? And she right. jokes about it now. Because then if I ask her a question, she's like, oh, your Google's broke? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the things we wanted to do with this episode is we, first of all, are not experts on anything, as we've yeah. said plenty of times. But yeah. we have lots of thoughts and opinions. And we've kind of come up with some ways, just really through conversation, that we think are good stepping stones or starting points to help you figure out what you don't know. Besides Google, that'll always be number one in our hearts. But um, tell me from your perspective, how do you uncover what you don't know? I think you have to start with what you do know. And I think that just starts with conversations, conversations with friends, um, counseling. I think once... Once that top layer, the top layer is all you can see. And so I think the important thing is deal with that and start with what you do know and work backwards from that and just start digging. Yeah. And I think that that in itself is what people our age struggle with is that whole process of digging because we do live in such an instant society that we can hit Google and it tells us instantly how to make a ham or, you know, right. anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> that might have been my personal Google today on New Year's Day. <laughs> I wanted to do it in my Instapot because, of course, I need it instantly, you know. And let, don't, don't be uh, hate. Now my uh, my husband has posted already on Twitter how good it was, so. Uh, but that's just the whole thing exactly that's the whole thing we want it instantly and Uh to dig and talk it out and go to counseling talk to friends or research or study and learn on our own that takes time and patience and that's something that people our age are not known for yeah I think it is just and this kind of leads to the the next thought of like what do you do once you once you do find something, once your digging does lead to something, mm-hmm. we, it requires action. It's not enough just to know. And I didn't coin this phrase, but I've heard it said so many times when you know better, you do better. And 
I just think that it's that of your knowledge is power. And what do you do with the information you find? And I think if it's a, it can be as simple as, hey, why do I keep getting triggered when this situation or this set of circumstances keeps coming up? Like, why is this consistently my response? And I think that's where it starts of wanting to know, why does this tick me off every time? Why do I always go off on this or whatever of digging and really figuring what is at the root of that? Yeah, one of the tweets we have today is from, um, it's kind of one of those accounts on Twitter that just has tons of quotes and things like that, but it's hustler underscore minds. And no, it is not from the hustler magazine, but um, (laughs) they tweeted ideas are great, but if you never Mm -hmm. take action, who cares? And I think that's exactly what you're saying is, you know, it's fine to, or it's good to discover the things that you don't know, but it's not good or healthy to just sit in that spot of, well, I just don't know. Yeah. You know, if you don't take that action to learn or dig, like nobody really cares, you know, and your thoughts as to what it could be without any research or counseling or discovering are pretty much useless. Yeah. And I think, I mean, to even, I don't think this is too far fetched, but no one's asking us to commentate a football game. We have opinions on it, but no. We are available. We <laughs> are available, though. If that is, if you're looking for us for college game day, anything like that, we're in. We're good. But I think that, like they've they've hired professionals who have done the sport, who have played football, who have coached football. They're the ones sitting there talking about it and are, you know, the talking heads. And I think for us, it is, it doesn't do any good for me to sit and talk about football because nobody's really, I don't know what it's like to get hit by a 300 pound man running at me at the speed of light. Like, right, I, right. I mean, I can be like, hey, y'all need to get up. Like, we got another play. Let's go. <laughs> and I think that, like, you can't just, you, at some point, there has to be action. At some point, there has to be a, this is what I know, and this is what I've done about it. And not just a, we're just going to sit on the sidelines and keep talking about something we don't have a clue about. Yeah, um, another one of the tweets that we have is from MIT, the smart school where the smart kids go. Uh <laughs> Their Sloan Management uh, Review put out four steps of transformative learning in action. And so it's four steps, and they had noticed the experience, interpret it, own it, and experiment. And I thought that that was really applicable because noticing this experience is noticing, obviously, what you don't know. And then interpreting it, to me, seemed like really just identifying that gap and saying, okay, these are the things I do know. This is something I don't know. And this is why I do need to know it. And then really just owning that. And I think that's one of the hardest things. And we have another tweet in a minute about this. But one of the hardest things I think is admitting you don't know something. 
Yeah. And maybe it's not like that for everybody, but I'm one of these kind of people that <clears throat> it almost stresses me out to admit that I don't know something. Yeah. So if I ever come to someone and say, okay, I don't know this, they need to rest assured that I have like beat my brains into the Google <laughs> and everything right. I can to not have to say that. And that really is a weakness of mine. And it's, you know, something that can cause fights every so often in my marriage and <laughs> in my relationship with my own mother and other things. But I don't like to own it. I don't like to, I'll own my mistakes so super quick, but I don't like to own that I don't know stuff. Yeah, I think that's pretty common across the board. And I think that's why you hear a lot of, you know, when people are hiring or I keep going back to football. I'm real sorry about that. But like, even in the draft, like, are they coachable? Is this person teachable? Like, does this person have an attitude or a spirit about them where you can correct them and they're going to take your correction and move forward and not be resistant to it? And I think, I mean, that's something that I too struggle with because I won't. I may admit that I'm wrong, but I won't always admit that you're right. And <laughs> I mean, I realized that about when I wrote on a doing goals or whatnot for the new year of I want to be someone that has a teachable attitude mm-hmm. about me. I want to be someone that I can be corrected and I take in what is being said instead of just being so quick to be resistant to that new thought or idea. Yeah. And I think that (laughs) it's so hard for people our age, I think, because we do have such access to information. Yeah. Like I'll give my mom a hard time. Like, Oh, is your Google broke? You know, that kind of thing. But even if you find answers on Google, it doesn't mean that it, first of all, makes sense to you, um, but also that it feels right. And I think that number four that they had with the experiment, I think that's something we'll talk about more in this series this month. But, you know, there's a lot of things we've heard and have known with our heads, I guess, um, our whole lives. But until we really, like, put that to the test of our own circumstances and own situations, sometimes it doesn't click. And at the end of the day, sometimes it doesn't feel right. And so I think that when they say experiment, they probably mean it for some super smart thing in science or something. But (laughs) for me, uh, it's my own personal science. I think just experimenting with things and figuring out what feels right in our souls, not really feels right, like comfortable, but feels right. Right. Like, yes, that settles well with me, you know? Um, One of the other tweets we have is from MSNBC and they aired an interview with Michael Phelps, the, um, I would probably say the greatest swimmer of all time. Uh, So far, my kid is still in swimming lessons, so we'll see. But (laughs) Oh, Judge is going to give Michael a run for his money. Yeah, as soon as we get that back float down, it'll be fine. Um, (laughs) But Michael Phelps has pretty publicly um, had some struggles and things that he's had to own. Um, You know, he had some arrests and stuff like that a few years back. But it really seems like he's kind of coming to his own with his, you know, his wife and their kids and everything. But in this interview, he was talking about mental health. And um, he said something that I thought was really profound, but super simple. But he just said, it's okay to not be okay. And 
how he's been, he went on to talk about how he's having to learn to communicate in his thirties and how that has really changed his life. And a lot of that's been around opening up and admitting he needed counseling and things like that. But it's okay to not be okay is like a super simple phrase, but super powerful because again, it's owning something that you don't know and it's owning that you don't have all the answers. Yeah. And why do you think that is so hard for us? I think it's so hard because we, no matter where you're at in life, what stage you're at, if you're a mom, you want to, you want to appear that you kind of have this parenting thing down and your kids great and succeeding in school and all the things that make you, that make your kids successful, make you successful. And in your job, you just, if I look like I have it together, then everybody thinks I have it together. Then maybe eventually I will have it together. Like it's the whole fake it till you make it mentality that we've said that phrase and joked about it, but we take it to heart and just try and convince people that we have it together because it's easier. We think to fake it than to say, man, I don't have this figured out. And I really I need some guidance on this. I need some help on this. Yeah. Brene Brown, who, um, if you don't know Brene Brown, (laughs) if you don't know Brene Brown, Google it, um, Google who she is. (laughs) She is really like the queen of research and study into, I guess I would just say into humanity really, but she has a lot of incredible books. But one of the things she says is, Initial discomfort is easier to manage than long-term resentment. And I think that has a lot of meanings, but, and can be applied to a hundred different situations. But I think in this, it's that initial discomfort of admitting and owning that you don't know everything and you don't have the answers. And honestly, you just feel a little lost or displaced. And so I think what she's saying here makes a lot of sense because I can think of situations in my life where I've not been willing to admit that I didn't know the answers And it does in the long term breed a lot of resentment, even if that's just resentment towards myself, you know, and sometimes that's harder than dealing with resentment towards someone else. But, um, it's, we don't like to pull the, we like to like slowly pull the bandaid off so it doesn't hurt as bad. And in the end, we're just like slowly ripping off a lot of wounds, you know? Yeah. Man, I think too, part of it is you know, admitting that we don't know, but I think part of it is admitting when we're wrong. I think that's really hard to do, but I have, I mean, I mentioned it in a few episodes back of just being very honest with myself and honest with the people around me and not holding things in. But sometimes that comes out partially And I've got the opportunity to just leave that out there and be like, they need to deal with it how they need to deal with it. That's not on me. But when we can come back and say, hey, I'm really sorry. And the way I said this or the way this came across was wrong. And I apologize for that. Like it, it changes relationships. It changes, it changes who you are. There's such a level of humility in that to just be able to peel back the layer and just 
man, I'm not perfect and I'll have this together. And yeah. gives the opportunity for somebody else to say, me too. I don't either. Yeah. yeah. I don't either. One of the other things that we had from Brene to share tonight was um, from her book, Daring Greatly. She said, owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Embracing our vulnerabilities is risky, but not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging and joy. The experiences that make us the most vulnerable. Only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness, we will discover the infinite power of light. And I think that's the whole thing. It all comes back to owning it and discovering it, but also just embracing that vulnerability. And that's that's the word we all hate. Everyone hates to be vulnerable. And I mean, like we teach kids, don't let yourself be vulnerable. You know, don't to a stranger or you know don't walk in the road we don't we coach everyone to not protect yourself yeah and so it's a total mind shift to think it's actually a brave thing to like be vulnerable yeah but you know she says it's the infinite power of light and that's the truth because once you do open up to somebody whether that's in counseling or in your community or to yourself there's a lot of power in that that you're missing if you don't yeah for sure um, one of the other tweets we have is about community. There's a new podcast out. It's not that new, but um, it's called Let's Talk It Out, which I think is a super creative name. But yeah. <laughs> it actually was created from an online book club. And um, they set all these, like, goals and aspirations in the group of, you know, how many books they're going to read and, like, what type of books and stuff like that. Um. But they tweeted that self-help and improvement is the motive and building a community will help us reach it. And I think that that's the thing. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about in this January series is the older we get, the harder it is to make community. You know, you no longer have like the people you're in school with all day or, you know, in college that you live on campus with or something like that. And so building a community as an adult is super hard. Yeah. But if the whole goal is self-improvement that's one of the things, one of the steps that we really think can help achieve that. Yeah. I often have heard people talk about, you know, running your race, but go, go towards your, your goals, your, your goals in your career, your goals spiritually, um, your faith and what you believe and wherever you're at on that spectrum, go towards that and then look around at the people who are next to you. Look around at the people that you keep bumping into that keep, keep showing up in the different areas of life and recognize that that's your community. But I think that community is and friendships are they're messy and uncomfortable and they're inconvenient. Mm-hmm. And I think that we are we are in a time we take away all the inconveniences. We don't have to wait for anything because a crock pot's not good enough. We have to have an Instapot. <laughs> like all of those, you know, very simple like high speed internet instead of dial up and you know, we don't even have to put a key in our car and turn it. We just push a button. Mm -hmm. And so anytime something 
in a relationship, anytime anything's hard or you bump up against something that's uncomfortable, well, that didn't work. I'm going to move on to the next thing. Well, it's not that it didn't work. It's just that it was hard. It's just that it was uncomfortable. And um, I heard, gosh, I wish I knew what podcast it was, but they were talking about relationships and they were saying that that was one of the issues with online dating is once it got hard and once, you know, you disagreed on something or whatever, you just quit, hold back up. I'm going to go home, back home with my dogs (laughs) instead of figuring out how to work through it and how to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. You know, this week while I was traveling for the holidays, you sent me a podcast to listen to called The Subversive. Um, and it was an episode that had to do with Rob Bell and some other stuff. And it was actually really great. We'll link it in the show notes. But one of the quotes from there that I took was they said the energy it takes to protect your box or your beliefs from the new ideas is exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really, I I thought it was really profound. Obviously I wrote it down, Uh, (laughs) but it is, it's exhausting to, you know, to live like that. And they actually were telling a story about a study that I wanted to share here because I thought this was super interesting. They were talking about rats um, (laughs) because as you do with science, you talk about rats um, (laughs) as you do, but um, they were talking about these, these rats somehow are mice. I'm not sure which varmint it was, but um, they were able to like basically record things and like processes and things that the, the mice were doing and then they recorded it on these devices and put it on like I guess the heads of the other mice very strange thing but um but <laughs> just really proud of all your research right now <laughs> yeah I know this sounds very intellectual but basically what happened different. was <laughs> Basically what happened was that the mice, like it lit up on the, um, the test and stuff when they were, they were basically giving ideas to the mice that they knew. Like if it was how to run up the ball or the wheel, like they clearly had done that a million times. So the little scans would light up because it was a known idea to them. But when they tried to put new ideas into the brains of these little tiny mice, it just went dark. And they were talking about how the brain is hardwired to be closed-minded. And I thought that was really interesting and something we'll continue to talk about in our other episodes this month. Because that kind of is the whole thing. We're closed-minded to the fact of other beliefs or other political thoughts or other ways of doing things. And that's the same thing here with this. When you don't know something, you're super closed-minded to somebody else knowing how to do it. Yeah. And that's tough because you're just going to go dark then, you know, just like the little mouse. Yeah. And I think, too, something you and I talked about of just being willing to being willing to have a conversation about something you don't have the answer to and not not feeling like, you know, I have to have this figured out or this person is saying stuff that that I don't believe, or I've never heard that. And that sounds crazy. And why would they think that or whatever? 
And I think it is so important for us to retrain our brains and retrain our minds to be able to have conversations with people that don't think the same as we do, that don't believe the same as we do, that weren't raised the same as we were, and to not automatically shut down and call us right and them wrong. Mm -hmm. And we're just... I'm done with this conversation because you're always going to be wrong. I don't, I don't think it is that. And I think, I mean, I had said on something else and just like our notes or whatnot, but it's not always, it's not always right and wrong. A lot of times it is, but it's not like a lot of times it's just having a conversation and realizing, Hey, we both are traveling kind of in the middle of this road. None mm-hmm. of us are as far to one side or the other as we are. And a lot of situations are not as clear cut of here's the problem. Here's the solution. Let's move forward. A lot of it is figuring out on the journey, where are we going and what are we trying to figure out and, and being willing to continually figure stuff out and not not stop learning not stop with hey I've got enough information and I've built my own belief system so I'm good here but don't be afraid of of new ideas and new new ways of thinking yeah one of the other quotes I took from that episode of the subversive is they said you don't have to believe everything to learn from it and I thought that was huge because We get so trapped in, if I'm explaining to you why I think something or what I think is the answer, that doesn't mean you have to believe it, you know, every word of it, but that you can learn from everything. Yeah. And I think if we're vulnerable enough to allow ourselves to learn from everything, then we're going to get a lot further than we have. Um, One of the other tweets that we have is from... It makes me laugh who it's from. Uh, Tyrese, the uh, model slash actor, he is more than a pretty face. Um, (laughs) But he tweeted something. He said, this year was a year of healing and self-work. A lot of personal therapy, marriage counseling, trying to activate and allowing myself to hear God's voice in my head. Not just speaking, Jesus, take the wheel, but really trying to allow myself to let go and let God And I liked this for a lot of reasons, one of which is that I say, oh, Jesus, take the wheel, about Uh 300 times a day. Um, (laughs) There's a big difference in just saying that, but then truly allowing God to take over, if that's, you know, if that's what you adhere to. But I thought it was also a beautiful picture of him admitting that this year was a lot of self-work for him, but that that was also healing you know, and then that did include therapy and counseling for his marriage and yeah. not just like trying to hold it all together. And this is somebody with a ton of money, a ton of fame, has access to everything and anything. And those are still the steps he's taking. The same steps yeah. we're saying are how we could figure out what we don't know. Yeah, I think it was Jim Carrey that said, I hope everybody gets the opportunity to be rich and famous and realize it's not all it's cracked up to be. Um, I'm, you know, nutshelling his comment, but I think that, 
I think that that's it. I think it's to take things on a level and realize we are all humans and we are all insanely imperfect and we are all figuring this out and we all have something to learn from the next person. Yeah. Um, Matthew Dowd tweeted this week, a Mark Twain tweet or not tweet. He didn't have Twitter quote. (laughs) Yeah. Mark Twain did. I mean, maybe yeah. he would have, but he probably would have put this on his Twitter account. But um, <laughs> he did so much to our knowledge. Yeah, there I go with my mindset because of technology. But um, <laughs> but he said, uh, twenty years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor. Catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, and discover. Um, I know you had a conversation this week that kind of was along those lines. Would you like to share it? Yeah. Um, I just, I have, in the last year, been more intentional of surrounding myself with people wiser than I am, which is not that hard. <laughs> But just, you know, rallying my troops around me. And so one of my buddies, I had lunch with him this week. And just in talking about the next year and goals and things just moving forward or whatnot. And um, just really, I mean, one of his first questions to me was, what does failure look like to you with this, you know, set of circumstances or whatnot and so we talked that out and he said I'd rather fail than have regrets and that is for me that statement I thought man in five years from now if I'm still at this point in my life and I'm still comfortable and happy and safe and content I would be all of those things and also have regrets that I didn't try, that I didn't move forward, that I didn't get out of my comfort zone, that I didn't make changes because I was afraid I would fail. Mm -hmm. And I just, I mean, I just want to be the type of person that, that takes a leap. And actually believes that God's going to do what God keeps saying he's going to do. And actually believe that. I have like a million words and I can't form a sentence right now. No, I think that. um, I think that that's big. That whole idea of, you know, it it does feel good to stay close to the shore. Like, you know, like you're saying, but also Mark Twain was saying. But when you do that, you're missing out on everything else that's there. Yeah. And you're going to, like Brene Brown said, you're going to get down the road and you're going to resent. Whether it's yourself or your circumstances or the people around you or whatever, whatever's keeping you close to the shore, that's what you're going to resent. Yeah. And who wants to live that way, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, I just think that's not what we're created for. That's not what we were put on this earth for. And I think, you know, if you've 
if you've got an idea in your, in your mind and in your heart of what you want to do, that's for you to act on. And BT Harmon that, um, we had that incredible interview that dropped on Tuesday. Um, I'm still like giddy about it and also sad that I wasn't part of the interview. Um, (laughs) the next one with him, you can. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But he talks about, um, he says, usually when I think somebody needs to tell that story, I'm the one who is supposed to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And I think that for us, we can't just think, I mean, it's the same thought of somebody will help that person. Well, you saw that person. It's your job to help yeah. them. And I mean, I do, I believe in the sovereignty of God and I believe that he puts people in our paths for a reason. And I think when you, you and I could see the same situation and have two totally different convictions about it. And I think they're both right. And I think it's both up to us to act on, to act on that and to act on what that tug in our heart is. Yeah, I think about all the other people who have done amazing things. And I think about what would the world or life or whatever be like if they hadn't. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about people that have discovered, you know, cures for diseases or vaccinations or, you know, yeah, just all that kind of stuff. If they hadn't taken those steps and they hadn't been brave enough to leave the shore and go explore and discover like, where would we be, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even BT, like, you know, BT's Blue Baby's Pink, he told the story, uh, what's it called? Like a, Or he has a little tagline, like, Southern Coming Out story. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he grew up in the church, in the Southern Baptist Church, like we did, in the South. And, you know, those are places that, well, coming out of the closet's not that popular. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he told a story in his 44 episodes, and it's been life-changing to hundreds of thousands of people. And so I think there's a lot to be said for being brave. I mean, it's scary as hell. That's why it's called being brave, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it it would not be a podcast episode if I didn't have my secret questions. These These are my favorite, everybody. Yes. They don't give LB any anxiety at all. No, it's, I look forward to it all, all the whole time I'm watching here, you know, seeing the recording light. I'm like, oh, when, when is this question coming? <laughs> well, today there's two. Oh, good. Super. <laughs> Pumped. <laughs> Pumped. I'm real excited, everybody. But Ooh. I'm going to try to do better at personally answering them as well. Oh, what a lovely idea. Yeah, as I've been called out by you um, (laughs) about this. But so, but I'll let you start, of course, because, you know. um, So the first question I have is, what is something you were brave enough to admit or do in 2019? What's something I was brave enough to admit or do? Yeah. <laughs> Just note for the audio that she's as red as a tomato right now. <laughs> Theater of the minds over here. 
Oh, Lord. Um, see, Do you this need is me why to you bore me. Gosh. <laughs> you want me to go first? No, I will go first. Okay. Okay. I, uh, one of the, gosh, the bravest thing that I did was reaching out and reconciling a relationship that honestly, at the beginning of the year, I would have said, I'm probably never going to talk to this person again. Mm -hmm. And by September, October, I was writing this person a two-page letter. And it took the Lord. It took me um, admitting that I was wrong, that my actions were wrong, that my attitude was wrong. And it's so easy for us to to justify it's so easy for the um you know this is this is my hard stance and this is why I'm right and this is why this person is wrong it's easy but at the same time it's really hard to live with that tension it's really hard to um to kind of try and keep keep smoothing over and acting like everything's fine when everything's not fine and I mean I've I don't think said it on here but I've said it to enough people of this situation was one of the reasons why I wouldn't go to counseling because I knew that eventually this was going to come up and this was not something that I wanted somebody to tell me how to how to do and how to live my life and how I should handle it and now like that is part of for me this layering of now that that layer is gone, now that that relationship is healed, it has led to, man, there's a whole lot underneath the surface that I didn't realize was there. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, Thanks, my Andy. So mine, um, it may not seem as heavy on the outside, but I think that's another thing that we, another trap we fall into is we compare. Yeah. Brave for you, brave for me. And um, a lot of times there's a lot of people who I consider to be really brave that don't consider themselves that at all. Yeah. Because they minimalize like what their, their, their journey is. Yeah. But for me, it was actually launching this podcast because, um, first of all, everyone, I've never liked my voice and just, you know, (laughs) dumb stuff like that. I mean, just the, you know, the superficial. But also because in, you know, starting this podcast, it's being vocal and putting out for whoever might listen, um, you know, what I think about things and where I stand on things. And for me we'll get into this in this series, especially on the political episode. Um, You know, I have a whole background um, in Republican politics and that's just where I've always identified and it's where I've always worked and, you know, all of that. But over the past couple of years, 
some of that has been changing for me. And there has been like owning that and owning that I don't know if I think things the way I always had, discovering what I really do think and, you know, owning that and taking action on that. And the action was really launching this podcast and putting that out there. And, you know, I'm lucky enough that I have friends that, I mean, they're going to love me no matter what I say. Um, But some of the things that I now think and have said on this podcast are not the easiest for some of my friends to hear. And, but it's not for them, you know, and I think that's what we all have to learn is when you're taking actions just for other people, you're not the one growing, you know, you're just perpetuating something. So, um, there'll be more to come on that though, in the political and even in our talk about church and religion and all that. But last question, (laughs) you just can't wait. I know. No. Um, You don't have to say what it is, unless you want to. But have you already identified some stuff in 2020 that you know you don't know and you want to discover what you do know? Oh, wow. And like I said, you don't even have to say it, but I think is it one of those things, you know, everybody's making their goals and their resolutions. And like we were talking about that dream goal or dream called dream sheet. From Jimmy Allen. Dream Guide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we'll link that in the show notes too. Um, It's just a good like jumping off point for people to kind of start thinking about 2020. But I think that we're all so focused on, okay, the typical stuff. You know, I want to lose weight. I want to drink more water. I want to read more books. And all those things are super important and really good things. Yeah. But are we going anywhere past that to think, Here's what I don't know, and I want to, at the end of 2020, be able to say I do know, or I at least know what I think, and I've made progress. Yeah, I'm actually running into the other room to get mine so I can see some of the notes that I took on it. This morning, when I was trying to sit down and really go go through and figure out I'm not good at reflection. I'm really good at looking forward to the next thing. And we talked about the Enneagram on here and I'm the 70s seven that there ever was. (laughs) But it was for me. So it takes how did you grow last year and what are your goals for the next for the next year and I think just being able to to admit without without any air of arrogance or pride but just to see how you have grown in the last year and how you have changed and how you have moved forward with real eyes and be able to stand there and say that this is this is how much further down the road I want to be and so I don't like I don't want to keep talking around it because I really don't have a concrete like this is what I want 2020 to look like 
I just know that I want to look back and be able to say, man, I grew a lot this year. Man, yeah. I really, I took chances. I wasn't afraid to fail. I was afraid to have regrets. I think for me, the way I will get to the end of 2020 and be proud of myself is if I can say that. Yeah. Is if I can say I was brave and I did really hard things that maybe didn't make sense to some people. And, you know, some may say I listened to the wrong crowd or whatever, but I think that, um, that I will be proud of myself if I can say I took chances and I was brave and I kept moving forward. Yeah. You know, I think that's the whole thing of exploring and experimenting. You know, somebody at the end of the year may say after your year that, oh, you listened to the wrong people or, you know, everybody's going to pass judgment. It's just who people are. But I think just being brave enough to make that a goal is a huge step for people that I don't think people are thinking as much about, you know. um, Yeah. One of the things that um, I struggle with in life is uh, control because mm. I'm the two, twoest wing oneest you'll ever see. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that that comes with my personality, but I think it's also like being a parent too. Like you just want to keep them safe and you want to control their behavior and, you know, yeah. just all that stuff. But yeah, I think too that um, we can really get ourselves in a pickle with control. Um, it's not the healthiest thing in the world. It's, you know, it's healthy to be self-controlled, but it's not healthy to try to control everything. Right. And one of the things I've struggled with for the past, I guess, gosh, almost 13 years now is, um, anxiety. And it's taken on a lot of different looks, I guess. Like I could tell a lot of really weird stories of things that have made me anxious, but I think if I was in therapy, um, (laughs) it would be, it would all come back to like my dad passing away unexpectedly and just, you know, all the the junk that comes with that. But I mean, my anxieties look like a lot of things like I'm convinced I'm having a heart attack or a brain aneurysm Mm -hmm. and all these things. And I'm completely healthy. Need to lose some weight, but you know, um, but one of the things that happened right after my dad died, um, was I suddenly out of nowhere developed a fear of flying. And, like, I used to, especially with my old job in politics and just life, I used to fly all the time. Like, umpteen times. I've flown everywhere, you know? And just one day, because of some circumstances and some things that were going on and things that happened, I just suddenly had a fear of flying. Yeah. And I have never flown since. And that has been a huge sacrifice because... I'm not going to be somebody that misses out. Um, So I'm going to be there, rest assured. But I'm going to have driven. And that has meant (laughs) driving across the country more times than I can account just to not miss a girl's trip or our honeymoon or, you know, just all kinds of things. Job interviews, jobs. I've missed out on some jobs because there's just no way I could have driven for every part of the job, you know? Yeah. And so one of the things I really want to do in 2020, and it's a control issue. Like I, 
even though statistics will tell you you're safer flying than driving, I'm not in control of the plane and I can't get yeah. out when I need to or <laughs> right. they yeah. usually frown upon you opening the doors. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> everyone else on the plane probably. Yeah. That as well. Yeah. I don't know why everybody's so picky. Yeah. <laughs> um, just be a little braver people. <laughs> um, but Let's you know, that's one of the things. And let me be off the plane. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I think that's one of the things that um, I want to get to the end of 2020 and be able to say that I've done. I want to fly again this year. Um, I've actually been uh, texting with my best friend today about we take an annual girls trip. And I was like, okay, do you think that your flight from Arkansas could come through Chicago so you could fly with me to where we're going? And she's like, sure, you know, because that's the community I've built, you know. Yeah. Which I think is super important. Excuse me. But. I think the other part of that is being brave enough to admit that I don't know how to do that anymore. Like I know how to get on a plane, but I don't know how to let go of that control, you know? Yeah. So I think that we'll see when we get to December 31st, if I have flown. Um, But for me, that's, you know, and maybe it is going to take counseling. I don't know. You know, maybe it's going to take action of, you know, the simulations you can go to and stuff like that. I don't know what it's going to take, but I do know that I'm willing to explore and figure it out, you know? And I think that's all we can do. Yeah. I think that's brave just to say that out loud. Like just to, to admit that, to, to put that out there for something that has an expiration date on it. And yeah, December 31st, did you get on a plane? Yeah. I think, I I mean, I think that that's, that is what not just being vulnerable looks like, but that's what it looks like to admit I don't have everything figured out. I'm not like, I think a lot of times we look at people's lives and especially with social media, media and Instagram when mm-hmm. you just see the pretty and you just see the well put together and you know you just see people on Sunday morning at church or whatever and just assume man they've got a great marriage or they've really you know they've got a great family relationship and good dynamics and this person's really successful and she's got it figured out and all that stuff it's easy for us to throw that on other people But to sit down and have a conversation with somebody, I think nine times out of 10, I know 10 times out of 10 with the people I hang around, but they're going to say, man, I feel like a failure every day, or I yelled at my kids today, or I got in a stupid argument with my husband over something that doesn't even matter, or whatever it is. I think it's just, man, like, let's let's decide to be honest with ourselves and honest enough with each other to say, will you help me with this? I don't have this all figured out, but I want to. Yeah. And I think, um, I used to want to get this tattooed on my foot. The line from finding Nemo just keep swimming, (laughs) you know, but I think that that's part of it too. I think we can get so paralyzed and so crippled in the idea that if people really knew, 
what it was like inside. They, you know, they wouldn't like me as much or I wouldn't be as, as many friends or what, you know, whatever it is. But I think yeah. we have to keep remembering to, to just literally keep swimming. You know, yeah. uh, a friend of mine actually texted me a quote uh, about a whole totally different circumstance, but it said people talk about caterpillars becoming a butterfly as though they just go into a cocoon, slap on wings and are good to go. Caterpillars have to dissolve into a disgusting pile of goo <laughs> to become butterflies. Yeah. So if you're a mess wrapped up in blankets right now, just keep going. And I think yeah. that's what it is because especially with my two one Enneagram, yeah. I struggle so much with New Year's resolutions because I can get so rigid in that. It's like yeah. if my goal was to drink more water, I can get so rigid mm-hmm. that I'm a disaster, you know, I'm like militant, you know, and there's, that's the bad side of it too. Yeah. Yeah. So it really is striking a balance and just keep doing the next right thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to, I feel like we could start a lot of sentences with, I heard this on a podcast, but (laughs) (laughs) Jamie Ivey had a podcast with Beth Moore that came out today Wednesday so when y'all hear this it was yesterday but um Beth talked about how grapes grow on a vine and you know in in scripture it talks about you know I'm the the Yes, sorry. I was like, I knew it until I went to say it. And I was like, well, I'm an idiot. Probably shouldn't have started that. (laughs) But she she talked about how easy it is for for the branch to grow leaves. But the branch under stress is when it grows the grapes. Hmm. And so when you see she, you know, took it to our life and it's easy when things are just coming naturally for you and you're moving and you're grooving and you're doing the next thing. And, you know, it feels like everything you do is just, you're succeeding. Like it said, you know, everything they touch, it turns to gold or whatnot. And she talked about that and she was like, those are the leaves. Those are the pretty pictures on Instagram. Those are the flowery posts. Those are the filters and the masks that we wear are the leaves. And she said the grapes, that didn't always get a picture taken up. And she was like, that, that is who you become when you are put in a kind of do or die situation of I'm at this crossroads and I can move forward or I can take the path of least resistance. And I think um, that is this whole thing of you don't know what you don't know. If you realize you don't know something and you just decide, I'm good. I don't want to figure it out. This may be hard. I may find out something I don't want to know. But who you become on the other side of figuring it out and who you become on the other side of questioning and the other side of saying out loud, I don't understand. That's the person I want to know. That's the person I want to be friends with. Those are the people I want to surround myself with 
not the ones who, hey, everything's great and wonderful and just do the easy yeah. thing and do the next thing and don't really say anything that makes anybody mad. Like, we all need to get along here and, you know, just keep moving forward and do the hard thing and keep digging when when you know that there's something there to dig into. Yep. Well, I think we've said all the words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to anyway. I feel like I didn't do good at forming sentences. <laughs> That's okay. I couldn't quite get the mouse story out either, but go check out the subversive. It'll be in the show notes. You'll really you'll yes. really get it then. Yeah. And shout out to my buddy Chad Myers, who I told him that we were going to talk about him, um, who is kind of the the heart and soul behind the podcast, The Subversive. But he is he's a good friend of mine, an insane communicator. Um, but really, I mean, listen to that to that podcast that we talked about, and we'll link in the show notes. But Man, listen to voices this year that don't say everything you're thinking and don't say everything you 100% agree with. Be willing to listen to a voice that that maybe says something that makes you think and makes you think about what you've always been told or what you've always believed in. Yeah, I've always kind of thought if you hear something that makes you feel a little uncomfortable, you were meant to hear it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. I think that's all we've got. All we've got. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. As we do at the end of every episode, we'd like to highlight the work of a company that's doing good in the world. The Happy Givers is committed to donating a portion of their profits to nonprofits that are helping those around the world. It's simple 100% of their profits goes to their nonprofit. They directly manage and assist a children's home in Peru, a disaster relief program in Puerto Rico, and an assistance fund for adoptive families in East Africa, plus relief work when there are natural disasters. They help out with their Peru children's home called Casa de Paz, the adoption fund called Project Next, and disaster response in the U.S. and Puerto Rico. They sell shirts, accessories, and books, and they only sell things they wear, they use, and they actually read. So you can enjoy their exclusive selection and contact them with any questions or suggestions. Please visit thehappygivers.com. That about wraps it up. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. We really appreciate all the support. Cheers and go do some good, y'all.